Welcome to Unity of Tucson. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. That affirmative, I see, is a choice. I see trees of green. I see skies of blue. I see red roses. I see them bloom for me and for you. It's a choice to open our eyes to see the beauty that is all around. And I think sometimes we close our eyes to that beauty. I know that I do sometimes. And I get myself stuck in my little gerbil wheel of like, oh, these are the important things in life, and oh, I got to keep going, got to keep moving, got to keep going, and I forget, wait, stop, take a breath, step back, and remember what it is you choose to see, how you choose to live your life, what is the manner of seeing. So that's why today's message is called How We See It, How We See It, and this, the message is very simple, how we see it is the way the world is. How we see it is the way the world is. Do you think we all see it the same way? No. No, we don't. I have some definitions, well, some tacit definitions that I want to start with, a couple of quotes. Ernest Holmes, the founder of the religious science branch of the New Thought Movement, had this to offer. When intelligence makes a demand upon itself, it answers its own demand out of its own nature and cannot help doing so. When intelligence makes a demand upon itself, it answers its own demand out of its own nature and cannot help doing so. And then Charles Fillmore, in a similar vein, had this to offer. The result of the development of ideas in mind, the unfolding in consciousness. This is a definition. What do you think he's defining there? Because it's the same definition that Ernest Holmes is offering. That is a definition of evolution. We talk about evolution in a church? Yes, we do. <laughs> evolution is the outward product of infinite truth's inward contemplation upon itself. That's how we describe evolution within this philosophy. And Ernest Holmes is basically saying that when he says, when, in, when intelligence makes a demand upon itself, it answers its own demand out of its own nature, for it knows nothing other than its own nature from which to create. And so in answering its own demand out of its own nature, we are left with all that is, all creation, and we are all included in that. Is this really heady? Yeah. Right? It's like, what the heck is he talking about? But deepen into, I'm going to say these words again, and I want you to just take them in. I'm going to say it slowly, and I want you to identify perhaps yourself as the intelligent factor in this. When intelligence makes a demand upon itself, it answers its own demand out of its own nature and cannot help doing so. 
you are the intelligent factor in creation. Feel the pressure? <laughs> Everything that exists in your experience is the result of the development of ideas in mind, the unfolding in consciousness. And what happens is there is an outward product of that infinite truth's inward contemplation upon itself. You are infinite truth. Do you know that? That's how I choose to understand you. That's how I choose to see you. You are infinite truth. How awesome is that? <laughs> so in other words, I'm going to simplify it for you. Intelligence made a demand upon itself in the evolution of the expression of humankind. When we needed fingers, we grew them. That's as simple as it gets. When we needed fingers, we grew them. And we are in a continual path of evolution as well. We are not relegated to be the exact same at any given time. We are on a pathway of eternal evolution from the one and toward the one. We are constantly evolving the one into different aspects of itself. Evolution is a continual process of awakening. And that awakening is the awakening of infinite truth to itself. The awakening of intelligence to itself. You are that intelligence. Intelligent thought evolves. Individual tendency evolves into the expression of our life. Infinite truth evolves into the expression of our lives. And so we are endowed with power to create our lives. That is a fundamental premise of the New Thought teaching. If I go back through, you know, and every week, I feel like every week I want to go back through those five principles because it really is the foundation of everything that flows forth in all of this experience. So the foundation of, of the New Thought teaching, the foundation of unity is in these five principles. God is all there is. That's who and what we are. Thoughts and beliefs and feeling are creating the flow, the constructs of our lives, we direct those things, we direct those thoughts, beliefs, and feelings through affirmative prayer, the practice of affirmative prayer and meditation, and it is a choice to live from that point of view. It is a choice to live from that point of view. And so this month being the month of freedom, we are endowed with infinite freedom to make the choices we want to make. And you know what happens when we make those choices, when we make decisions in our lives? Well, there's a, there's a quote that all over the internet is attributed to Ralph Waldo Emerson, of whom you know I am a great lover. I love Ralph Waldo Emerson. We're reading his essays right now, some of his essays in a class. This quote is attributed to him everywhere. It's not his quote. <laughs> this is actually a quote of Paulo Coelho that he wrote in The Alchemist in 1988. Once you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen. There is something so magnificent about that, but there's, there's also perhaps a little seed of a warning in that. Because what decisions are you making that the universe is conspiring to make happen that you would rather not have as part of your life? 
something to think about. So where have you, where have you made a demand upon the universe? This is, this is a different kind of vibe today. Where have you made a demand upon the universe, an active demand to say, this is how I choose to be, this is how I choose my life to unfold, and are you willing to allow the universe to conspire to make it happen? When we make it, good, I, I love that, yes. When we make that demand, behind it, is there ever any seed of doubt? I know that there have been seeds of doubt in demands that I've made upon the universe. I'm going to tell you about a seed of doubt that I didn't realize until after the construct in the world of form flowed forth in a way that I was not expecting, but it was completely rooted in my doubt. So many of you know that in December, my husband and I started letting people know that we had bought a house. And some of you know this, right? We had bought a house. And uh, we were really excited about it and was like, oh, there's this beautiful house where it's like, it's, 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 in, it's in a, you know, we're going to move to the east side, we're going to change up our lives, and, uh, and we're going to get a dog, um, <laughs> which was part of the deal. My husband said, um, I want a dog. I said, then we need a new house. And he said, here's a new house. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll get a dog. <laughs> and so we were moving forward, and there were some hitches, there were some hiccups in the process as we were moving forward. I, I, have any of you ever bought a house? Sometimes there are hiccups, right? And so there are hiccups that are happening, and you know, then, we're, then the, the financing becomes contingent on this thing over here, on, the, on preparing our 2023 taxes, which we did like the moment we were able to. And uh, you know, we submit everything to the financing company, and the financing ca company came back and said, no, you don't qualify. And I was like, well, that's a relief. And I don't have to get a dog yet. <laughs> no, I want a dog. That's the thing. I do. I want a dog. Um, but that's, that's down the road. But here's the thing. The moment that the financing fell through, which does happen occasionally, and I sensed that relief, I realized, oh, this is the universe conspiring in my favor. Because there was something that I needed to address in my own consciousness to allow this to unfold in an easeful way. If I look back on, and you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. as we look back on some of the things in our lives, I think oftentimes we can recognize the doubt that was there once we're past it and the results have unfolded and we're like, oh yeah, well now I see all the doubt. Why couldn't I see it then? Hindsight's twenty twenty. When I look in the rear view, I'm like, mm-hmm. Everything was aligning for us to not have that house and I'm okay with that. Here's the thing, it's not like we were gonna be kicked out of our current house, I mean, we still own our house. We were just looking to you know, pick up another property, why not? Uh, we did have a, a signed lease, though, for our townhouse, and we had to go back to our uh, tenants and say, so the financing fell through, we're not actually able to move, so we're gonna have to you know, back out of this lease, and they were so gracious, they said, that's great. It's totally fine, and gratefully, because my husband is a realtor, he was able to find them another townhouse. So that's all handled. Anyway, it all worked out perfectly in the end, as it always does. As it 
always does. See, what I realized in retrospect as I look back on it is that there were too many conditions in my own mind that I was placing upon this idea of a new house. And what happens when we are rooted in conditional thinking that has doubt behind it, we think we're making our demand upon the universe and it's conspiring to make it happen, but the universe hears what is behind the demand if there is doubt and says, no. And so in many ways, here's the thing to know, we are always protected by the universe. I hold that as a fundamental truth in my own heart. So if we think we are making our demand, but it is conditional and doubt exists behind it, then we are living according to the relative world rather than the absolute understanding. And our whole point of view that I offer, the whole point of view of the teaching for me, is that third aspect of our mission statement, remember who you are. That is an absolutist point of view. Know that you are the intelligence of the universe expressing as you. How does that feel? I love that idea. If we become absolutists from that point of view, then I think we can adopt a no-matter-what paradigm in our lives and allow life to flow easily and see what happens. If we trust we are always, always on the right path, then how we choose to see the world becomes the way the world is. I see trees of green, red roses too, I see them bloom for me and for you. That is how I choose to see the world, despite the fact that it's winter and there are many trees that are not green at the moment. Wait till April. Well, in other parts of the country, in this part, like three weeks from now, <laughs> we'll have some green on the trees. Um, I see red roses, too, and I see them bloom. This is a choice to live life from that point of view. And our entire lives are flowing forth from our point of view. This week also, I don't remember if it was Thursday or Friday, I talked about those doubts that show up so frequently by the words we speak belying the truth behind them. And what I mean by that is any statement we make, and you've heard me say this before, any statement we make, if it is followed by the word but, it doesn't matter what you said before the word but because what's about to be revealed is what you actually think. And I'm not going to go into a deep description of that except to say that if you find yourself saying the word but in your conversations, start to take notice of that. Start to become aware of that. And my encouragement to you is to turn that but into a period. Let go of the word but and let it be a period. Period. I am infinitely loving. Period. Is it possible for me to go and describe the ways in which I may not be demonstrating infinite love? Sure. But why am I going to place my focus on that? Instead of doing that, I'm going to notice what happens in my mind. These are some steps that we can take. If I turn but into a period, I am infinitely loving. Notice what happens in mind. Is there a but that is demonstrating itself within? 
I'm going to say, I see you. This is all inner work. I see you. I'm going to consider the alternative. And I'm going to act according to a new idea. So, I am infinitely loving, but not for that person. How about this? I am infinitely loving, and I see that person whose behavior I may not agree with, but I understand the truth of their nature. I understand that at the core, that individual is divine. And while I may be in opposition to their behavior, it does not diminish who that person is. It does not diminish the capacity for me to step into love. And isn't that what the mystics of the world have been inviting us into more and more and more and more? The only commandment that was ever offered by the master teacher Jesus was love. That's it. Love. Love. So today my call to you is to actively work to eliminate any conditional acceptance in your life and see what happens. When we condition our sense of wholeness, when we condition ourselves, we limit our potential. And oftentimes we come to believe that there are rules around how life should be. Anyone live with rules about how life should be? You made up those rules. There are no rules. People don't want to hear that. Like, but I'm very comfortable living within my rules. That's fine. But there's power in understanding that you made up those rules. And even if you think, well, my parents taught me those rules, you adopted them into your expression and experience of life, so you still made them up. One time I was going to put a post on social media that was, I found the list of rules for living. It was like, here are the rules for living. It was just going to be one, two, three, with nothing next to it. To basically say, there are no rules for living. Because <laughs> it's all made up. It's all made up. First in mind, and mind becomes form. Our thoughts, our beliefs, our feelings, those are creating our, our constructs, our experiences of life. So, how, here's the thing. How do we get our minds to the no-matter-whatness of life? I'm infinitely loving, no matter what. How do we get there? Well, first of all, I think we need to be willing to exclaim it without hesitation and without allowing ourselves to go on that journey of the butt. That's, gonna, that's a strange way of phrasing it. <laughs> Let us eliminate the butts. <laughs> and welcome the butts into, uh, <laughs> into becoming periods and stating out loud no matter what, or if you will, I'm gonna actually, I, I don't show this because I often have long sleeves, but the only tattoo I've ever gotten, I am gonna get another tattoo this year, by the way. The only tattoo I've ever gotten is this little phrase on the inside of my arm. It says, and so it is. And I decided that that's what I wanted to get because it is, relevant, it is relevant to the faith tradition that I have adopted, that I choose to follow, and it is a choice to follow this faith tradition. And I put it in that particular location as a 
consistent reminder of exactly what I'm talking about today. That as I speak my word, rooted in belief, if I follow it up with no matter what, or, and so it is, this is my constant reminder that my word is creative. You don't need to get a tattoo. (laughs) But I invite you to find what reminder will work for you to live in the consciousness of no matter what. Because that's how I think we're going to transform this planet. There was, there was a request made of me this morning to bring back the sunflowers. We used to have some sunflowers sitting there. They were, they're not there. I see people looking like, well, where are they? They're not there, um, mostly because I'm looking at different ways of addressing the stage decor and we have some seed money to address the stage decor, and I'm excited about what that's going to look like. But the flowers were put out there when the war in Ukraine started because the sunflower is the symbol of Ukraine. And I only took them away for aesthetic reasons, not because I'm like, oh, well, let's not think about that anymore. But there was a request that I bring them back, and so I'm going to find a way to bring them back to make them part of the experience here. But if we want to experience peace in this world, this is what I'm getting to, that those are just a symbol of an idea. But if we truly want to see through the result of that symbol, our work is to do exactly what I talk about with this candle, first and foremost. I am the infinite peace, no matter what. And so it is. And act accordingly. Flowers as a symbol are glorious. But the symbol means nothing if it is not activated within your heart and within your soul. How are you choosing to act today? That's that's the question. How do you choose to see it? How do you choose to see it? I've got my notes up here. I'm like so far off my notes, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. (laughs) There are far too many limits we place. I think, on the power that we claim is unlimited. And we're doing it to ourselves all the time. And it creates a stranglehold on creation. I'm going to invite us all to choose to view the world through the eyes of infinite truth. That's why it's how, uh, how we see it. I don't know if you noticed in the Friday email, it was IT, capital I, capital T. That's what I'm talking about, infinite truth. Choose to see the world through the eyes of infinite truth, that everything is sacred and everything is possible. If you believe that the nature of the universe is love, light, life, peace, joy, wisdom, harmony, zeal, understanding, imagination, creativity, magnificence. If you believe that these are the attributes of the infinite divine power, why would any of us ever want to limit those attributes in our own expression? If you believe that those are the aspects, the attributes of the nature of the universe, why accept anything less? Let us exhibit these attributes in all our affairs, whether we like somebody's behavior or not. We are the only people in our lives that have the power to create experiences which make our lives worthwhile. That went by fast. I'm going to say it again. I really want you to hear this. We, you and I, are the only people in our lives that have the power 
to create experiences which make our own lives worthwhile. No one else is going to make your life worthwhile. You are in charge. There is no limit to how that may unfold for you. There is no limit to the evolution of these experiences except the limits that we place upon them. And that is how we see it. We see it oftentimes in the limitation. Well, what if we got rid of the limitation and only saw infinite truth? The infinite truth evolves. The intelligent truth evolves. The individual tendency evolves. How we see it becomes how we live it. And it is our decision whether we choose to see it that way and act accordingly. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. The homework this week, <laughs> it's so funny. Do you see that on my notes? I usually write out what the homework is. It just says homework. <laughs> but I know what the homework is. Notice the butts. That's, that's the homework. Be on high alert for how frequently you say the word but in your life. And actively... Step back when you realize it is happening and allow yourself to go through the process of shifting it in mind. That's the homework this week. If you're new to our community, I give homework every week um, as a way of activating the lesson and inviting you into practicing it because this philosophy means nothing unless we're actively putting it to use in our lives. I want it to be practical, so that's why I offer homework. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.